The Enchanted Snow Forest Written by Reginald Murray Performed by Peter Bishop Featuring Aidan Ordover Jesse Cornett Otis Jiry Jeff Clement Heather Ordover and Adriana Kozlowski Production by Jesse Cornett Original music by Brandon Boone and Jesse Cornett Danny Watkins has awakened from a sound night's sleep. He looks out his bedroom window at a vague forest where there are tall evergreen trees. Those neighbouring trees pretty much blocks the view of what else is beyond. For quite some time, this forest has been a mystery to him. It is Christmas morning, but a dreary grey day. Danny wonders why. He cannot worry about things he has no control over the weather for one thing. Danny is not ready to open his presents yet. If only he can get a glimpse of the remote woodlands to satisfy his curiosity, that would do the trick. He quickly gets dressed, putting on his wintry outfits and heading straight for the front door. Danny, where are you going? His mother asks. I just want to play in the snow some before I open my presents. The adventurous person says. But it's Christmas, darling. You have the rest of the day to do that, she says. I fixed some breakfast for you. It can't wait. It can, he impatiently adds. I won't be long. He closes the door behind him. Danny has lied to his mother with a straight face. Playing by himself in the snow is quite boring. Then again, another thought enters his mind. If he could build a snowman, if only he could, perhaps the world's tallest one will suffice his needs. But he needs help. He has none. Building the world's tallest snowman facing his house is a great idea whenever he looks out his window. It would fascinate him. But I have no help. He muses the thought casually. He gives himself a reality check. Danny walks that much deeper into the silent woodlands, witnessing what it's like to be in cahoots with one of Mother Nature's treasures. His curiosity isn't satisfied. Far from it. He sees the bare trees. Winter's stinging breath has stripped fall of her variegated trees. So much for little Danny's good wishes. He has to wait another 365 days to see the sheer beauty of them. But he likes them. He notices the forest squirrels, rabbits, chipmunks, beavers and raccoons quickly scampering here and there off in the distance, cutting across the snow-covered path, running through rotten, fallen logs as their safety net, and those haughty birds flying off to wherever. His eyes catch a deer, perhaps lost in its way. The deer senses little Danny's proximity. Instantly, he bounds away, fearing harm might come to him. Danny tries to keep up with the forest creature, but the animal's four strong legs are too much for the fragile legs of Danny to overtake it. Come back! Come back! Little Danny pleads with the deer. 
It won't harm you. It does no good. Following that animal was done for a purpose, because something else catches Danny's sight. Just up away, some is a gigantic snow creature, inland, just off to the left of the path. It looks to be made out of 700 pounds of snow. It is neat looking by all means. Danny was always fascinated on how snow creatures are made. His mother reads him bedtime stories of snowmen coming to life and aiding those in trouble. This fascinated little Danny. This one really takes the cake. He inches that much closer and closer to the snow creature to get a first-hand glimpse of what he is really like. He touches it. Instantly, the snow sculpture comes to life. It's Danny, the undersized person against the gigantic snow creature, perhaps the tallest snow structure in the world. My gosh! Danny says out loud. I've read stories about abominable snowmen, other hideous creatures, and likes of many more. I must have dreamt him up. I've never seen any come to life with one touch. The huge snow structure peers down at him with his piercing eyes, saying, Yes, I am an abominable snowman, but my deeds are good ones. Who are you? Uh, I'm Danny. He replies, introducing himself. What's your name? I'm Lauren, the abominable snowman adds. Who made you? He asks. If I told you, you wouldn't believe me. The snowman answers. Do tell. Danny urges. A long time ago, he begins, some children were playing here in this exact spot. You should know. We have all sorts of people who love the outdoors winter life. It chanced one Christmas day that they decided to build the largest snowman in the world. With the help of parents and friends, just for kicks, they built me. My rash thinking is for me to scare off any foe or beast that might come upon them unawares. Even the wild forest animals would stay their courses. What happened next? Danny asks. As you might have guessed, an evil wolf by the name of Gwalan and his miscreants caught everyone off guard. He has some dark powers. He and his cohorts penalized us. How? He used his dark magic to subdue us, the gentle snowman said. I was alive. He turned me into a snow sculpture, as you see me, and his bandits kidnapped my friends. He blew his stinging breath on me. Thank <laughs> you.
were they ever jolly with big hearts. Where did they take them? To a place deep in the forest, some 70 miles east of here, the snowman responded. To be exact, they are somewhere in these backwoods. He's taken them in as his hostages. Why? Danny wants to know. My guess is he has no Christmas in his dark heart. Laren answers. Poor soul. He's never experienced the true meaning of Christmas. I guess there is no Christmas in his heart. There never was. Perhaps there never will be. Fate would have it that we cross paths for this reason. I will assist you in finding your lost friends and returning them to their rightful parents. Danny admits. Perhaps, Laren said. Well then, let's get a move on. The gleeful child mandates. I wish to help you, but I don't want to be late coming home. My parents are waiting for me to open up my Christmas presents. Don't worry. You won't be late. You're in an enchanted forest. Laren confirms. Our time here is different from yours. Seconds in yours is but an hour in ours. Excuse my ambiguity. As you grow older, you will see what I mean. The two new friends trek through the snow, going deep into the vast forest, until they are lost in its bosom. Snow doesn't bother Laren, since he is made out of it. Danny gets his winter chills now and again. It is chilly to a certain degree, but not biting cold. But his mind stays focused on capturing the lost children, and the fiendish wolf Gwalin. Seemingly, getting lost in this wood is like a Christmas paradise to him. He is glad he ignored his mother's wishes. The thought of him opening his presents and playing with his toys all alone sort of bores him. Danny is that kind of person that, when fully grown, he wants some outdoor adventure and company, and he has his precocity already in the making. He makes friends easily. He can adapt quickly to new surroundings. Yes, Laren and Danny have their eyes and sights set on destroying the villain. Danny happens to glance up at the sky, noticing it as a dismal gray. That bothers him. On Christmas Day, the burning sun should be shining in its brilliancy. Adding that with the freshly fallen snow from the night before can only complement each other. This wonderland would really be a haven of Christmas. These distant thoughts, however, in his open mind are vague. Why such a dreary day? He asks his newfound friend. That wretched wolf cursed the sun by putting a nasty spell on it, Laren confirms. The minute he absconded our beloved children, the sun went behind those dark clouds. It's been that way ever since. If we are victorious, the clouds will go away and let the golden sun shine its warmth this very day. 
If we are defeated, I'm afraid we may never see the likes of it on Christmas Day or any day hereafter. A sad thought. Danny solemnly objects. It seems to me that it's always a dreary, gray day here. Indeed, the snow creature agrees. Gwalin has all sorts of crazy ideas in his head. We have to be careful when dealing with him. Perhaps that beast stole our children, and he can never steal our spirits. Danny says so in the affirmative, cheering up some. <laughs> You're right, my boy. You're right. Laring gleefully adds. They kept walking for quite some time. Danny is overwhelmed by the wintry forest, even though it's dead winter. It's like hiking in the woods on a midsummer's day. On his right, just off the path in Landsum, are snow angels. Gee, they're neat. Danny confirms. Make one and see what happens. Laren suggests. Danny obeys. <laughs> Instantly, a real angel emanates from it. My dear Danny, you have been called for a reason. The angel says in its echoing voice, "A dark side is now hovering over these cherished woodlands. I know your heart." And mind far better than you do. You will assist Lauren in capturing the lost children. When you do, you will be rewarded for your bravery and integrity. I will be watching from the windows of heaven. Then the snow angel ascends high in the air, disappearing. They pass by some frozen ponds and lakes, and stone-made bridges that look like they are from the Renaissance period. But they are neat-looking and look sturdy. Even the bare trees add to the sheer beauty and originality of this isolated wood. They eventually come to the borders of the forest. They are standing on a small hill, overlooking a valley far below to the east, where the houses are blowing smoke freely through their brick chimneys. The quaint village seems at perfect peace with itself. Neat place, Danny says. Get on my back, Laren orders him. Since it is high winter and snow is on the ground, it won't hurt Laren. He helps the petite Danny on his back. Quickly, they glide down the hill's slope at an accelerated speed. In mere minutes, they hit the foot of the hill. Yes. Laren and Danny walk up to the first house in proximity to them. Laren knocks firmly on the wooden door three times. From within, he hears footsteps fast approaching the entrance. 
The door swings open. They see a normal-sized man wearing a pleasant countenance. Lyron! He exclaims. You're alive again! How did that happen? I'd say you're looking at him. Laren responds, gesturing to Danny. Hello, little fella. The jolly-faced person cites. My name is Dorwin. My neighbors and I made Lauren the person he is today many moons ago. But as you know, darkness has prevailed over our village. So I've been told. Danny reminds him. I've heard your enemy is a wolf chief by the name of Gwalin. He kidnapped your friends. Do come in and join me for some hot chocolate and cookies. Dorwin ingratiates himself with the newcomer. Laren, since he is made out of snow, patiently waits outside. The icy weather and snow cannot hurt him. Danny, meanwhile, follows the friendly fellow into his kitchen. Both seat themselves at a wooden table and engage themselves in a deep conversation over what has transpired. So Gwalin absconded with your friends? He did, the neighbor acknowledges. He's trying to take the joy out of Christmas. He's stolen our tangibles, but not our intangibles. I think what he means is... Danny expresses... He cannot take Christmas out of our hearts. That stone-cold moron. His heart is as cold as a block of ice. Dorwin angrily objects. Our children are our greatest gifts to us. Nothing can ever replace that. Perhaps you and Lauren are the answers to his terrible deeds. So that's why we met by happenstance. Danny confirms. They take some more sips out of their hot chocolate and bites out of their cookies before engaging in some more of their plain talk. Which direction did he take him? Danny asks. Some 70 miles east of here, Dorwin retorts. They are imprisoned in his wooden cottage. I'd be extremely careful if I were y'all. Those woods are haunted and dreary, to say the least. What's his reasoning? Danny wants to know. My thinking is, he is envious of those who celebrate Christmas. The person informs. Christmas is a time of season to forgive, forget, and share. He can do none. (sighs) My friend has a warped soul. Danny admits. They chew and chat some more at length before Laren hollers from outside and tells them that they better get going. The only Christmas present I want from you is to bring them back, safe and alive. Dorwin wants. We'll conquer the beast. Danny promises. In mere minutes, he and Laren are off in another set of woods, the haunted woods, to secure the lost children. They eventually reach the perimeter of the spooky forest. It does have a disturbing presence about it once they step into it. There is an eerie silence. Some of the trees are ugly and distorted. Laren and Danny notice the skeleton remains of the forest creatures lying still as stone. 
Perhaps Gwalan and his miscreants got hold of the hapless rabbits, dears, and goodness knows what else they could eat for their meals. Laren thinks gloomily to himself. Just up a ways is a wooden cottage that is burning smoke freely through its chimney. As they approach the doorway entrance, five or six wolves come from out of hiding, howling, snarling, and salivating freely at their mouths, like they are ready to take them as their main course meals. Their evil eyes are red in guise. Back off, thieves! Laren orders them in his dictatorial, booming voice, not at all intimidated by them. They turn and run in disarray, in all kinds of directions, howling. Gee, you do have some rough edges when threatened. Danny notes. Only when I'm threatened. Laren further confirms. They eventually come to the doorsteps of Gwelyn's front entrance. Laren knocks. No one answers. He knocks a second time. Still, no answers come. What do you suppose? Danny asks, whispering. Mm, he's probably out doing more of his mischief. Laren answers. He's planning on seeing who else he can abscond. He slowly turns the doorknob as quietly as possible. The door swings open. In they walk silently with extreme caution. A terrible odor hits their nostrils. They withstand it, looking for the captives. They quickly go downstairs to the basement. They see four helpless children securely tied sitting on the basement floor in an unorthodox position. There are rags around their mouths so they cannot holler for help, and strong ropes around their delicate ankles, making it next to impossible to escape. Quickly, Laren runs up to the kitchen. Retrieves a kitchen knife, cutting their ropes, giving them their freedom. One of the jubilant persons announces. Let's get out of here before he finds out we're free! A young girl proclaims. Up the cellar steps they quickly fly, in single file, one closely behind the other. In mere seconds they hit the front door, making their way as fast as can be back to their secluded village. Stay close! Laren encourages them. Gwaelin and the pack of wolves eventually return to his cottage. They are in for a rude awakening. I don't understand it. I had them securely tied here in the basement. The wolf tells one of his servants in his gruff tone. How did they manage to escape? With the help of somebody. The servant returns his answer. Gwaelin notices a knife lying on the floor. This is part of our answer. He points to the knife. They go outside and see two sets of footprints in the snow. 
One is small, the others are gigantic. Instantly, he reads between the lines, knowing that Laren, the snow creature, came back to life somehow. These are Laren's tracks. The others are possibly your kids. How did he come back to life? Asked the second servant of his. I thought you put a curse on him. I did. He was probably touched by a warm-hearted child. This is an enchanted forest, the wolf chief confirms. Anything can happen in this forest. Anything. What now, my lord? The assistant asks. We'll go after them, Gwalin responds. My guess is they want Christmas restored in their hearts. They sniff the perimeters of the snow-covered ground, hoping to pick up their scent. They do. After them! Gwalin mandates in his bossy tone. The howling wolves run off at a racer's pace through the sinister forest, searching for their hostages. They can't find them fast enough. The four hostages are quickly reunited with their parents, relishing every moment of their safe return. Well, Danny, we better get going, Laren comments. As the two heroes distance themselves from the village, they hear loud howlings from the haunted forest. They turn and see Gwalin and the pack of wolves hot on their trails. There's too many of them to hold off! The frightened Danny Watkins pleads. Stay here! Laren tells. Where are, you, where are you going? Danny inquires. To the very top of this hill! The snowman answers. Laren uses his long legs and flies up the peak at an accelerated pace. Meanwhile, Waylin and his gang have a look of destruction in their eyes. They are fast closing the gap on their escapees. At the same time, Laren reaches the top. A very funny thing happens in Danny's eyesights. Laren transforms himself into a snow avalanche. Stand aside, Danny! He hollers down in his booming voice. Danny obeys. A tiny ball of snow starts rolling down the hill, picking up speed and growing enormous in size. Simultaneously, Gwalin and his cohorts are in close proximity of capturing Danny, ignoring the snow avalanche. The ball of snow continues to grow, gaining size and full speed, heading straight for the enemies. It does great harm to the wolf pack. They misjudge its speed and power. The snowman-turned-avalanche easily overtakes them, burying them deep underneath. Danny hears faint howling underneath, realizing it is their deathbeds. Gwalin and company are like popsicles, frozen in time. Laren then converts himself back into the snow person he is. Both he and Danny cast their sunny-like smiles as bright as a crystal clear day. Then something else catches their naked eyes. 
The dismal clouds give way to the burning sun, making the enchanted forest very scenic and alive. Afar off, they see the children come out and merrily celebrate Gwalin's demise. They can't get enough. Eventually, the citizens plant the world's largest Christmas tree with a golden star sitting comfortably on top, shining in its brilliance. After that short-lived triumph, Danny and Larin are back at the exact location where all their high adventures began earlier. Well, Danny, this is why we crossed paths, Larin confirms. We did! Danny acknowledges. That was quite an adventure. Christmas is more than just receiving, Larin notes. It's about giving and giving back to those in dire need of love. It's about being free-handed and giving abundantly. One may steal our products, but not our spirits. I'm grateful we crossed paths. Danny adds. No amount of bad can withstand a spark of good. <laughs> well put, my boy. I was your learning tree of a sort. Larin confesses. Danny, it is most unwise to walk into any land without knowing what's at stake. Always do your homework before entering any uncharted territory. Well, you better get going. But I want to stay here somewhere and celebrate Christmas with you. You already have, Larin cites. You celebrated Christmas with me by bringing me back to life so I could rescue the lost children. These forests are safe once again. Now, it's time for you to return to your real world. Go. But Lauren, it's still early, he asserts. I said, go. The gentle giant kindly puts it to Danny. Danny obliges. Danny walks away a few paces and turns to say his last goodbyes. The snowman has turned back into a snow sculpture. It's sort of a letdown to Danny. Oh well. He casually thinks to himself. It's best for the both of us, I guess. This is an imaginary forest, after all. Mom? Danny, where have you been? I've been looking all over for you. Is the worried voice of his mother. Just wanted to satisfy my curiosity some. Danny confirms. I was in the forest, but I didn't go deep in it. He is lying with a straight face, not telling his mother the naked truth. He theorizes that no one will believe him. How many times do I have to tell you that forest isn't safe? She asks. I've heard wild stories about a ravenous wolf that kidnapped some children years ago. The kids were never found. I was afraid he might have added you to his short list. How did you know a wolf existed? Danny asks, not revealing to his mum that he encountered the evil creature. She wouldn't take his words because he's just a boy. Grown-ups don't believe anything children tell them. Wolves come upon you unawares, she warns. I've seen them occasionally. 
They're killing machines. They live in the forests. Well, I'm alive, he adds. You are, but you still don't know the dangers lurking there. She warns him. Let's go inside and open up your presents. Both enter the house. Danny turns and looks at the forest with a bright smile. <laughs>